0: Hello and welcome to the Geeks Danny Boyle retrospective podcast where our UK team will be looking through the entire cinematic work of director Danny Boyle in chronological order, from his 1995 debut Shallow Grave to this year's Trainspotting 2. We'll have a new podcast up every Wednesday and every Saturday leading up to the US release of T2 on March the 17th. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout and Geeks and Tessellate do not represent any of the companies or creative talents involved with any of these films. This podcast is 100% unofficial and independent.
1: Geeks! X. <laughs> <laughs> hello and ep-
0: well, Hello in episode three. Hello. hello in oh. Oh, not even started. This is and the beginning. The <laughs> yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Hello and welcome to episode three of a Danny Boyle uh franchise specials. We are dealing with a lifeless ordinary. I'm your host Al White and joining me for all twelve Danny Boyle films. Haruka, And
1: Alison Holland. Hey
0: guys, oh. how you doing? Hi. Hello. So here we are a lifeless ordinary. So I was writing down um the the like synopsis for this movie as I was watching it and it ended up being so long <laughs> that I can't possibly read it here. It would just gone for half an because oh boy is that a complicated film I completely <laughs> forgot
2: I'm Almost not, yeah I'm not sure if complicated is the word for it but convoluted how about that yeah a lot of
0: weird nonsensical famous. stuff happens in that for better or for worse um and it was strange because I hadn't seen this film I don't think since I was 17 or 18 and I'd forgotten everything in it until the split second something would start happening and the scene would begin and I'd be oh <laughs> shit I forgot this weird thing happened and this weird thing happened Um, So yeah, released in 1997, this was the third cinematic film from Danny Boyle, written uh, by John Hodges, again, who had written Shallow Grave and had written Trainspotting, at least the screenplays anyway. Um, And this was completely written by John Hodges, it was not adapted from anything, it was an original property. And it starred Ewan McGregor for the third time in a lead, Um, but alongside him is Cameron Diaz, uh, Delroy Lindo, Holly Hunter, Dan Hedaya... Uh Ian Holmes. Woo! Uh Stanley <laughs> Tucci. Who else? Tim is the Olyphant in a tiny scene, but I'm gonna mention him. <laughs> um is that most of the people? A few other people sprinkled around. Um Ian McNeese as well. Uh the film I'm trying to get up. Actually, wish I should have done before we started, I guess. Shame. So, uh, I know, right? Shameful. Wanna get up um how it did. I'm interested in how much money was spent so this was a movie after train spotting that was you know really everyone was excited about danny Boyle at this point he'd had the critical success of Shallow grave which had been beloved but more by the art house crowd and then train spotting which had become his big you know breakthrough success and made him mainstream and this was his follow-up to that <laughs> which <laughs> <laughs> uh really put a bit of a dampen on his career um not not in a you know in a in a way that would last at all, but it did kind of confuse the critics, I think, and it confused the public as well as to what you expect from a Danny Boyle film. But I think that's kind of a staple he then carried on, really, isn't it? Like in terms of constantly moving from genre to genre, yeah. trying different flavors. Yeah, um, but there are certainly things that tie tie all of his films together, as we, as we'll be highlighting. Uh, the film's lifetime gross was four and a half million dollars.
3: Mm. Ouch. Not good. <laughs> Not good.
0: Not good. <laughs> um i can't find its budget though i'm happy google's back again my uh google wasn't working for the last two days Aww. cost 12 million dollars to make hmm.
3: Wow! so That'd even in <laughs> lifetime growth it has
0: not <laughs> made even half its money oh, back wow. i'm sure in dvd and blu-ray and tv and all that stuff it has eventually probably maybe made its money back but that said let's talk about that quickly so all the films we've talked about so far shallow raven train spotting easy to get on itunes easy to get on dvd easy mm-hmm. to get on blu-ray we're trying to watch obviously the, the hd copies of stuff uh there were two films in his collection uh well actually three films which are really hard to get hold of which i was surprised about one uh is millions which we're going to be talking about later on uh which you can only get on dvd uh you can't get that on blu-ray anywhere in the world and you can't get it on hd even on itunes or anything like that that doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be an hd copy of that the second which shocked me was the beach which you cannot get on Blu-ray anywhere in the world, but you can get it on HD on iTunes. So if you want to watch the HD version of that film, go and download it on iTunes. And the last one is this one, which you can't get anywhere really (laughs) in almost any (laughs) format. Uh, You can get it in DVD in a few places, but in Germany you can get it on Blu-ray. And as we were noticing at the beginning, you had, um, was it Universal or Paramount?
2: I think it was Universal first.
0: Universal came up, And then it was replaced by, you know, in in HD Blu-ray vision, and then (laughs) it was replaced by a much more grotty version of the uh, 20th Century Fox came up, who were the actual uh, producers of this film. And I don't know if I've ever seen that before, in terms Mm. of 20th Century Fox weren't standing by this film enough to actually release it in a different country, and obviously, whatever reason Universal, like, we can make some money out of this in Germany, I guess. So they must have bought the Blu-ray rights for it just to release in one country. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: that's it's very strange. Very so strange. <laughs> very strange, but maybe this film has like a big cult following in Germany. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The film is down here on IMDb as comedy, crime, fantasy, which I think sounds right. about right. Yeah. <laughs> about right. So I'm actually going to read just a summary off of IMDb, and then we'll use my summary to uh, how we actually go through the film. Um, <laughs> the summary here is pretty, pretty short. Which one should we go with? We've got Cheryl. We've got Hugo always forget the synopsis on IMDb, written by regular people. <laughs> uh da, 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 Hugo? Da, Hugo, okay. Yeah, Hugo has a nice ring to it. Robert Lewis is a naive janitor who spends more time thinking about the Pulp Fiction novel he wants to write than his paid work. Celine Naville is a headstrong, spoiled, rich girl who largely whiles away her time pretending to be William Tell. Using a gun rather than a bow and arrow. <laughs> I don't know, that's quite accurate. Uh, the two meet when Robert, who has been fired and whose life spirals downward because of his new unemployment, confronts his former employer, who happens to be Celine's businessman father. To retaliate against Mr. Naville, Robert kidnaps Celine, who goes along with Robert willingly, if only because she hates her father. What Robert Celine and everyone else on Earth are unaware of is that this situation was orchestrated by O'Reilly and Jackson, two celestial police officers who work in a department that brings predetermined humans together in wedded bliss. <laughs> because of the large number of recent failures, O'Reilly and Jackson understand that success is Robert and Celine's case, is more important than ever under a new directive from their boss, Gabriel, where failure will result in eternity on Earth with no return to heaven. O'Reilly and Jackson's task is difficult <laughs> enough to begin with due to Robert and Celine not being an obvious match. The kidnapping situation, O'Reilly and Jackson's own sensibilities, Mr. Neville's will, oh, Mister win at any cost mentality, and Celine's long list of wannabe suitors, most specifically dentist Elliot's Vicol, add to the complications. That's what Hugo had to say. I think he got bored mm. halfway through <laughs> <laughs> right. what happened in the end of the film. Uh, but that is the basic setup um we're trying to figure out how to format these podcasts at the moment and i think yeah let's just do a basic setup and then we can work our way through it because cool. as always if you're listening to this I do advise you go and watch these films first because uh, we will be spoiler spoiler Spoiling. heavy all the way through so haruka have you seen this film before
2: i have but it was a long time ago and i remember i think it was on telly on channel four or something Sounds film four right. Um, and I think they were doing like a Danny Boyle like, weekend or something. But when I was watching it, I wasn't really watching it. Watching it, it was just playing on the telly. Right. And I didn't know that it was a Danny Boyle film until the end when they did the whole like next on uh, Danny Boyle weekend, blah, blah. blah. And I was right. like, oh, it doesn't look like a Yeah, So <laughs> I was quite surprised, I remember.
0: It doesn't feel like a regular Danny Boyle no. film. No. <laughs> Uh, do you remember liking it at that point? No, even though you um, didn't know it was I thought
2: it was interesting looking, but no, I don't think I liked it.
0: You don't like much, it much. No. Allison, is this your first time? It is. You're a Ewan McGregor fan, though. <laughs> <So you're> gonna, <laughs> we're going to be judging this on your Ewan McGregor scale. We
1: just like go through his life through his different hairstyles. His hairstyle is
0: is phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely fucking. Funny. I couldn't believe it. Like the first time you get him, I thought I thought maybe it was some you know, dream sequence or, some <laughs> joke or something.
1: It'll be normal in a few minutes. Nope. Nevermind. Yep. Uh, the Is only that time. The whole
0: time. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Cause then they do that, cause they do that scene that we'll get to later with the dance, well, the singing, dancing kind of scene and they come it back in a greaser style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely his hair. Yeah. <laughs> but true.
2: that was not slightly different color. I don't know i think mean they just put a lot of products product in it product yeah, yeah ah, a lot right. of
0: products in it um <laughs> and speaking of hairstyles cameron diaz has Jeez. has a world of it's like you know oh, yeah. you mentioned princess diane yeah
2: she she's yeah. definitely channeling her <laughs> well, her hair was anyway
0: quite quite terrifying i actually remember this film mostly uh i did see it yeah at the cinema i don't really remember my feelings on it other than some confusion after train in particular but i was as as with danny Boyle's other films it had a really great soundtrack mm. and that's why i really remember it from is i had the soundtrack and i listened to it all the time it had dead weight from beck which was written for this film it had a lifeless ordinary from ash which was written for it you got sneaker pimps you got luscious jackson folk implosion rem faithless underworld the cardigans elvis presley bobby darren squirrel nut zippers <laughs> uh, more <laughs> prodigy <laughs> dusted like it was a really fucking cool soundtrack mm. yeah and you had a lot of what daniel ball seems to be doing which is like taking he takes some of the classics here like he did in shallow grave which i don't think train spotting ever got a chance really did he to put in some classic classic american songs and mm. old crooners and things in but you got I mean that
1: not one. as much as shallow grave
0: yeah shallow grave was pretty much that's what the soundtrack was for yeah. songs anyway um and then in train spotting obviously he put in a lot more modern british explosion stuff from the 90s mm. and more clubby stuff mm-hmm. this one was definitely an amalgamation of all of his tastes I think yep. in
2: music. I love the fact that he still has a couple of Underworld songs because mm. then I think like in um Twenty Eight Days Later and Sunshine, I think Underworld composed most of the music. Did they? I think
0: um a lot of it anyway, I know. think. Well we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Um, there's definitely a yeah there's definitely a thread there of like the styles that he's liking that he's gradually kind of developing from film to film um and for me it keeps all of his films buoyant even if i'm not enjoying one like having a good soundtrack oh yeah definitely helps out Definitely. all right (laughs) (laughs) let's work through this shall we uh scene by scene I've i've written it slightly differently from hugo obviously way more (laughs) depth. so i've got robert is a wannabe trash novelist working as an office cleaner in millionaire mr neville's corporation in los angeles which is never really stated but it is definitely los angeles um when he's fired and replaced by a robot on the same day as his girlfriend breaks up with him as also being evicted from his home and having all of his possessions seized um so yeah <laughs> <laughs> we immediately just have like it's such a weird opening because you start with you start actually with celine don't you
2: you start, you stop start well you start with
0: angels but you don't really know what's going on you got like a bleached out office building yep. everyone's wearing white mm-hmm. you've got um oh, what's his name the guy who plays gabriel i've forgotten his name he's an actor everyone knows um just just doing this very sort of hammy dialogue between everyone before you gradually piece together like I saw it and I immediately remembered oh yeah there are angels in this Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but you were saying oh that like it took you a little while I
1: was very confused about because on the door it says chief of police and I was like okay why is everything white and why are they all in white suits (laughs) and full outfits and the girl had on like white pantyhose and a skirt and (laughs) It was very strange.
0: And then you get all the yeah, the dialogue, like the word from up up, up, yeah. up above and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he says, I
1: got word from up above, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Or yep. something like yeah. that. And I was like, are they <laughs> angels? Then I was trying to figure out how they managed to get to heaven. Yeah. Especially it's... throughout the movie. In the beginning, mm. I was like, this girl's pretty sexual for oh yeah she's real i I, I don't know what happens like so maybe that's (laughs) maybe that's how you get in (laughs) (laughs) you don't put out there's no coming
0: into heaven. well okay let's just okay let's go straight into it then what the fuck is going on (laughs) because (laughs) for starters okay for starters uh, i don't they don't even feel like they're in heaven because he keeps talking about from up above kind of Mm -hmm. thing like there's this weird middle ground middle management which isn't purgatory obviously it's like mm. some yeah management area of earth mm. but it, they start with this big kind of like diatribe i think it's pretty much the first dialogue really isn't it where he's gabriel is going through this long list of failures because of divorce and mm-hmm. you know all these problems that people have having now why can't people just stay in love anymore which i don't really understand why they like so there's this whole jurisdiction over making people fall in love and that seems to be something heaven's preoccupied with Mm-hmm. Which I don't really understand. <laughs> like why?
1: Why is it a, like a police station? Yeah, why? Is right? he's the chief of police? So I imagine they're if they're working for the chief of police, they are police officers. Yeah, right, not, right. Because that's what
0: know. I have them down as angels? Question mark cherubs? Yeah, question mark, police mm-hmm. officers? Question just say no. This right. is who will Gestapo, be in charge of. <laughs> <laughs> love. So weird. I just don't. I don't understand why. I mean, I guess it's meant to say, like, God created the world and he's kind of disappointed with where it's ended up mm. with how people are treating each other. But I don't know why, like, forcing <laughs> yeah. people to stay in love. It's
2: awfully unromantic. But
0: that's also what they seem to imply, is, like, people aren't staying in love, but they yeah. are falling in love. But then the entire film is about these two angels trying to make two people fall in love. Yeah,
2: right. And
0: there's nothing about making them stay in love. Like, they could have broken up a year later and been exactly the same as all the problems <laughs> at the beginning of the movie.
2: Very good point.
0: Which is
1: yeah, because he says as long as they fall in love, you can come back up.
0: Yeah, which makes no sense because well, his whole list is like these what if people. If they don't say in love, are you
1: gonna send me back down or
0: or are they trying to say that none of those people aren't actually in love? Like nowadays, when they get married, and that's the problem. You have to like like if you were really in love, you'd never break you up. You wouldn't get a divorce. Mm. Is that what they're trying to say? I have no idea. There's a lot of meaning. confused messaging in this movie, particularly <laughs> with the ending, which we'll get to later on. Um, but yeah, so we start in this weird police station. And uh, he actually has the line, men and women to, uh, are to be bonded in eternal bliss. And like, that's an instruction directly from God. <laughs> and then they have a new uh, jurisdiction, uh, or no, a new incentive scheme, I think is what he calls it, uh, which is if you fail to make two people fall in love, then you don't get to come back again. Uh, meanwhile on earth, there is Celine, who is a daughter of millionaire, Mr. Neville, and she lives a spoiled, bored existence with her butler. After she shoots her eligible dentist boyfriend following his marriage proposal, she's called into a father's office to be reprimanded. While at the same moment, Robert bursts in to threaten Mr. Neville into giving his job back by hijacking a robot. Did anyone else find the robots a bit weird as well? No, everyone was fine with the
2: robots. I mean, (laughs) everyone was like an R2-D2 cleaning robot. That's kind of but then they didn't have rumba back then so (laughs) it
0: it was kind of like a rumba wasn't it because you try to throw it out the window and it falls and just keeps going again yeah do you reckon this invented the rumba really
2: maybe 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 that's what inspiration's from (laughs) Mm.
0: i was just i mean i just kept trying to think about it coming from the back of train spotting to starting this film (laughs) and you got like some cool music so you have the yeah the weird beginning bit where you're completely thrown Mm-hmm. But then you get into like some cool music, like this sexy lady swimming very awkwardly backwards in a swimming yeah. pool for the title. <laughs> she's not a, not, look good. No, she's <laughs> not a swimmer. she's not a swimmer now. And then like, it looks very uncomfortable. Sort yeah. of semi dangerous, like you know, like some there's some violence in there, there's some sexiness in there, and you're like, Okay, I can see sort of the follow-up from train spotting, even though it's mm. a bit strange. And then they throw robots into it, <laughs> and some strange commentary on on yeah the future of like society. And he's getting fired, and the woman's like putting him down for trying to be a dreamer, basically, and how everyone used to just fall into a regime. It's like this mm. strange social commentary, which I don't feel they then kind of really.
3: Through. yeah don't, <laughs> i don't feel they follow through with
0: either of the two things they set up the movie with which yeah well, so i'm a dreamer yeah <laughs> so. oh well that's true that Good is for true.
1: you you hmm. keep on dreaming
0: um so he grabs a robot chucks it at the glass yeah it doesn't it doesn't break and then security breaks in seizes him and a disgruntled celine assists him uh into sort of accidentally shooting her father in the leg uh, and then taking her hostage and escaping to the nearby deserts that's really when it hit me it was la because the next scene they're in the desert so i was like what the <laughs> where would
1: they <laughs> i so i had i because they, they don't really ever mention anything yeah but at the beginning of the film they say this twice do you have any idea how hard it is to find a good husband in this town and in my head i laughed and was like oh that sounds like la, sounds like LA. and i didn't um. even think that that could even be where yeah, it was once I it got to the deserts to I thought about it and then I Googled it and it is it like online. Sense. So it it's supposed to be, okay. LA,
2: yeah. Well, there you go, they're right.
0: Which also feels, I mean, I'm guessing after spawning, Daniel Boyle got calls from LA. It yeah, seems
2: definitely felt like, yeah. you know, he got a call from LA yeah. saying, oh, you're this new, exciting British director. Do you want to come make a film for Here's us? Here's a ridiculous he- he's, script.
0: Here's a pretty blonde girl we just found. You can use her. Yeah. <laughs> and He's like, well, I want to bring my Scottish skag friend. Can you come along? Sure. <laughs> Just Does give him a sing? new haircut.
1: <laughs> Does he sing? <laughs>
0: yeah, it definitely has that feel of, yeah, the Europeans' first film in, in LA with all the kind of good and bad that comes with that, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, then they just they take up residence in an abandoned shack uh, where they quickly develop a relationship where it becomes apparent that the endearingly innocent... And I spent a while trying to figure out what to call Robert. I was calling him bumbling at one point. He's like, he's not really bumbling. He's quite... He holds himself together. He yeah. just is kind of innocent, and
1: he has Spud qualities. Oh, I <laughs> and I was like, okay, switch and roles. <laughs> mm, In terms of the simpleness, and yep, just right. everything has a simple solution. And if someone tells him otherwise, he's like, oh, okay, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> it sounds like mind. your
0: dream if you took the looks of you and McGregor, but the personality of Spud. <laughs> no. But then does a haircut count at both of those things?
1: Yeah, if he could have the haircut, he has. and...
0: Transponing no, 2. Or
1: Transponing to,
0: But with that personality. Or Moulin Rouge. But with you and McGregor's looks. Yeah. be done. Perfect. So Danny Paul is gradually assembling your perfect man. I know. Really thank you.
1: And then Baz Lerman took him and was like, I'm going to make him sing more and give him a 20s. Haircut. <laughs> Ruining me.
0: Uh, yeah, Robert has no idea how to go through the ransom situation where Celine, who's been kidnapped before, decides to teach him the process and teams up with him in a scheme to steal millions of dollars. So, (laughs) (laughs) no, you presume I'm going to say bad things. I'm just going to say, like, do we, does this make sense? Like, do we buy, I mean, I get she's disgruntled and she hates her father, but she has all the personality traits of someone who could never like give up the lifestyle and the money that she has. Mm-hmm. How much did I like miss it? At some point, did they say how much they're trying to get from her father? How many millions? Because he goes for five hundred thousand. She said yeah. that's disgraceful. Like yep. I could show my face in polite society again right. if, if I was a ransom for five hundred thousand. Yeah. But do we find out how? Do we ascertain how much they've actually asked for?
2: She said millions. Yeah, but she, I don't think she specified. it plus. Okay.
0: I don't I know, feel yeah. I don't feel that would keep her happy a few million. <laughs> yeah, she, she also
2: needs. has a card. I know she has a. Gold That's card. true.
0: She does have a credit card as well. Um, d- also, do you like either of these characters?
1: <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, Robert is charming in yeah. that he's simple and funny and just. I don't
2: know. I agree. He's he just had like, like very boyish. Yeah, yeah. He's very naive. Yeah. But, you know, he's not a bad person. And yeah. And he's right McGregor, so you know, he <laughs> that, that. Yeah. But he does... does. He does not look like a Robert. No. <laughs> that was my thing. No. He does not. Look when like they a called
1: Robert. him Richie, I was like, oh yeah, that.
0: Better. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: let's make up a name for you.
0: I think it does help you. Yeah, you're introduced to a guy who's trying to be a writer. No one takes him seriously, and then in one scene, pretty much, he loses his job, his girlfriend and his house and his car <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of goes along like when the angels turn up to yeah like seize all of his possessions to put him in the position they need to to get him to like do stuff in the, yeah, to contrive them falling in love. And they to, like, say to him, you know, we can do this with violence without violence. He's yeah. like, without, oh,
1: without, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very easy to kind of get on board with him because they just throw all this shit at him and he deals with he's it. He's just like a little
1: innocent yeah.
2: child. Yeah. Whereas Cam Diaras
0: is much harder to grow to give a shit about at any yeah. point in this movie. Yeah. And if you're pretty much just counting on, oh, she's pretty, people will go along with that. <laughs> but with that hairstyle, no. Not so mm. pretty. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have much going for her um yeah they do that smart thing as well when he's describing his trashy book that he's writing and he says like it's the daughter of Marilyn Monroe and JFK like the secret daughter but while they're showing footage of Karen Diaz to yeah. kind of place <laughs> that idea in your head that she has some weird secret back history or something yeah. which yeah it never happens um really bad boss by the way who fires you and McGregor in that in that opening scene with him the woman oh, she was, oh <laughs> yeah she was so bad that was embarrassing <laughs>
1: she was like um, smiling while she did it and i was like i don't know if <laughs> you're playing the evil boss or you're like i don't give a shit that i'm firing you he <laughs> he, or if you're just a really bad actress
0: i'm in a danny ball movie yeah it's yeah, <laughs> <that's> probably <laughs> just really
2: happy yeah <laughs> like, you and mcgregor's yeah. in front of me right now <laughs> <laughs> show real material <laughs>
0: And the movie's girlfriend doing the great line of, Robert, I'm leaving you. His name is Ryan. He teaches aerobics. Yeah, we're moving, we we're moving to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what's interesting, I find in this movie, there's a lot of protesting about how trash entertainment is valid. Do you notice that? Like, he keeps going on about his book, and people keep going, well, it's predictable and stupid, and he keeps sort of saying, yeah, but that's that's valid. Like, there's a mm. place for entertainment like that. And then someone else does it with something else later in film because I wrote it down when someone did it for something else.
1: The, with Which the one? book they're reading?
0: Oh, yeah, the book that she's reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have exactly the same conversation pretty much. Yeah, is just like, it was crap. You know, why are you reading it? And she says, well, I don't think I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. And it really yeah. felt like...
1: Like this movie? <laughs> yeah. No, it really did. It felt like John Hodges
0: trying <laughs> See, to like say, look, we look, know we this decided is trash, we, wanted we know this is fun, but it's going to be fun to watch. Mm. Exactly. Oh, yeah,
1: that's
0: interesting. Um, so I feel that's the intention. That's kind of how I want to judge this movie on. Mm. It's like mm-hmm. the intentions for me are pretty clear from Danny Ball and John Hodges of look, we've made our serious sort of dark film. We've made our kind of big, bold sort of, you know, intricate movie. Now we're just going to have some fun and we're admitting that and, you know, deal with it sort of thing. Mm. Um. I'm sensing know. from your face maybe you didn't have fun no no, no I did I
2: did and it definitely felt like you know uh, their go at kind of Pulp Fiction kind of
0: mm. yeah you know. this is definitely this is just after the Pulp Fiction era and there were definitely some right. big Pulp Fiction nods in it like, uh, like big Pulp Fiction nods
2: and besides I thought the, um, Robert's idea was great you know the whole Mary Monroe yeah um, JFK <laughs> love child yeah, yeah, being yeah. A, a cool spy that's, <laughs> a that's awesome
0: um yeah, that was a line also. Sorry from earlier on when Gabriel was talking about God and he's saying chaos and violence, and the truth is I don't think even he knows what's going on down here. And I do feel there is that kind of yeah commentary as well on on just what society has come to in terms of like people doing menial jobs and being underappreciated and just treated like robots, and then just the craziness of yeah people's relationships with each other. Is it's all kind of just random, and we just kind of go along for that ride, and we don't yeah emotively attached to things properly anymore Mm. um i don't really feel this is the correct context to talk about those big (laughs) themes, but i feel they did have some heart they wanted to discuss i just don't know if they really got around to it Mm. different color scheme in this movie yellows and greens Mm -hmm. lots and lots of yellows and greens um which in the deserts was yeah that's bold at least Mm. um all right holy hunter (laughs) Do so, you, you know Holly Hunter from much, Allison? No. Okay. Me neither. <laughs> you know of her, though?
1: I feel like her voice, you hear the voice and you're like, oh, shit, I know from somewhere. And the yeah. whole time I was like, where do I know it from? And mm. I couldn't figure out if it was like a cartoon that I just don't recognize her face that I've heard her voice in or if.
0: I don't know if in Incredibles, she was in that. as okay. the wife, I think. Uh, ah,
2: okay.
0: Um, But yeah, she's in, I mean, yeah. She's, you know, been around for a long time. She was most famous, I think, for the piano at the time. Oh. Was she was in Her Brother Where Art right now. Recently, she was in, like, Batman v Superman. Mm. Um, but she started way back in, like, 1981, it says here. Raising Arizona um, was one of her big breakthroughs. And then she had... Yeah, she was in Always, the spillbook film. No one mm. likes to talk uh-huh. about. And then a whole bunch of stuff in the 90s. Crash was a great one. Um, and she did this just after Crash. I... <laughs> she's oh, wow. having yeah. way too much fun oh yeah <laughs> in this movie <laughs> way too much like you said like she's so sexual in a really weird way yeah, yeah. yeah. just like standing there talking to celine's father and just stroking her breast yep. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: she's, like agreeing to him him wanting them to kill ewan's character what is, it's, it's so yeah. bizarre i know when
0: you like gets her later yeah. on and like n- nearly runs over her and then she holds him up and she just kind of rolls between his legs and then starts... It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? That um, strange. What is... Th- what's the deal with these two <laughs> angels? Because their plan is purely Jeopardy makes people come together. That's what their plan is. Yeah. So yeah. They'd say it she like a mantra yeah, they... later on. Okay,
2: fine. <laughs> but I thought she was try- She was... By trying to bring these two people together, she was discovering her own sexuality because she's, she's an, an angel maybe, and she <laughs> never, you know. Yeah. yeah, maybe. And she read that novel, and like the porn novel. And yeah. And she, no, you
1: know, yeah. She yeah, got yeah. On I was trying to figure out if, in the middle of the movie, if they wanted to stay or if they we're going to like change their minds because mm. I felt like it went back and forth a lot right and then I there's still not really unless I missed it any context of what they can and can't do or feel mm. in yeah heaven. I can not understand if mm. they could
0: die or not because she mm. yeah. particularly when you have what well, we'll get to in a second but like the big car chase and stuff and then she yeah. gets literally just squished just between them and then squished and, yeah. and then she's alive, still with a broken arm. And neither
1: <laughs> of them question it. Yeah. Like when Ewan walked in and I was like, is he not gonna be like, I know you and I killed yeah. you <laughs>
0: But then they do actually die later on from a yeah. to head. So true, it's like well they can die. Yeah. So are they just regular people when they're like they
2: vampires. They need a bullet, bullet through yeah. their skull. They need a bullet. Not, not, not vampires. <laughs> angels <laughs> angels sorry, are vampires. much like vampires. I miss that bit of the Ooh, Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> They just need a good bullet to the skull. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly a horny angel. <laughs> Definitely was a bullet to the skull um bu- 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 bu. so we covered all that where are we at uh so yeah so there's a brief gunfight uh and a cameo from timothy oliphant which got me excited for a couple of seconds you're very <laughs> excited no one else knew what the hell was going on he's so
2: young i know i didn't recognize him little baby
0: face uh which they lose their car um very like this one just jumps around like crazy yeah there's no real rhyme or reason you just feel like you've missed a scene mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs>
2: No, it felt like it. For me, it felt more like what's his face. Um, oh, what's his face? It didn't feel like a Danny Boyle film. It felt like
0: um, what's his face. You know
2: what's his face? The director. <laughs> oh, my ah. favorite. Yeah, I know. He's Mister <laughs> awesome. what's his face. I wrote it down somewhere because I knew I was going to forget his name again. We're oh. uh, just going
0: to leave dead air until you figure it
2: out. You know that like weird guy.
0: The weird. Oh, the weird guy.
2: You know, the weird director
0: that mean, everyone loves. Tim Burton? No, like... Baz Luhrmann? <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. <laughs> They're all weird. Yeah. Um, uh, like, you know, that... that f- like, Lost Highway. Oh, David Lynch. Yes. It oh, felt I like if Lynch made if he a made wrong slapstick call. slapstick
3: comedies huh. kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see that in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It does have some sort of surreal... Yeah, and a little yeah. bit... If you took, like, Lynch... like. And I'm not trying to be mean about this movie, but if you took bad Lynch, bad Coen Brothers as Mm. well, and then mixed in with some bad Pulp Fiction.
2: Yeah, and some (laughs) true romance yeah,
0: some Yeah, so just some Tarantino in it, and then some bad Danny Boyle.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel this is the movie that you get, (laughs) (laughs) which is definitely different. Like it's, yeah, a unique mix. Um, Where am I at? Sorry, I have way too many fucking notes down here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, then, then we get to the surreal music number. So I kept saying to you, uh, when you came in, Alison, I promised you, I think Ewan McGregor sings in this yep. film. Because I know how much you love Moulin Rouge. Yes. And I do remember some interview with Baz at some point saying he had seen this film and it kind of helped him want to see what Ewan McGregor would do. Yeah. Which is strange because at the beginning of the movie, he's like got shopping or something and he's walking to the shack singing to himself and it sounds yeah. horrible. I know,
1: you were like, there it is. And I was like, Baz saw this and was like that's the one (laughs) that's but even in the scene where he actually sings it's not it's It's not not anything well it's not spectacular
0: it's not Mm auto-tuned or anything like it's very genuine yeah which i kind of respect yeah but it's certainly not great but
1: his singing singing in moulin rouge is so much maybe he just got (laughs) (laughs) i mean they would have given him a lot of training bigger Mm. yeah yeah they would have given him training maybe he just brought him in and was like for Mulan can do Bruce, this, mm. you do more?
0: So, this is a movie where you bring them in and they sing on the day. Like, Mulan Bruce, yeah. you've trained for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and yeah. they would auto tune it like crazy, and you'd do <laughs> loads of takes, and you'd yeah. pick the best bits, and, yeah. you know, contrive it. But you were saying you had a potential story from the other side of this with Cameron Diaz. Was yeah, it from this movie?
1: It's definitely not this movie. It's a movie where she's, like, on a date or at a wedding or something, and somehow gets pushed up onto the stage in front of a crowd and starts singing, and everyone some reason is m- maybe under the impression my that best friend's singer. wedding yeah uh, okay. there you go so that was the director of that i remember seeing a cameron Diaz <laughs> special a long time ago of course you did and uh, <laughs> it's i i don't i think i was in middle school probably so i have no idea if this is true or not but he saw her in the mask thought she was actually singing so brought her in for this movie thinking she was a good singer and it would be good for this scene <laughs> and i don't think the actors knew that she couldn't sing Ouch. so unless it's just they only did one take and used their reactions from oh, that take or if they found out in rehearsal and maybe the main actor knew but nobody else in the room knew <laughs>
0: yeah you would hope, i would say you'd hope you do rehearsals but with yeah. some of these hollywood films now they probably just yeah hire someone they walk in, do the mm. job uh, once yeah, the
1: director just... had her one-on-one and was like, oh, this will be really fucking funny to make sure he <laughs> doesn't know she's horrible.
0: That movie came out in the same year as this one. So okay. she did double singing, double oh. singing this year. And then weirdly hung up a hat and no one asked her to do it <laughs> again. I don't know why. Um, Odd. It is one of, this was the only scene in the movie that I remembered. When I think of Alice is Ordinary, I think of this scene in a bar. I can't remember the context of it, but I remember Ewan McGregor singing and then them suddenly in like strictly ballroom kind of <laughs> garb and mm. you know, up on the tabletops and he's got his hair different and wearing a glitzy suit and stuff. and right. <laughs> she has
1: a little blue fairy dress on.
0: Yep. What song were they sing?
1: Um, oh God, and it plays in the car again.
0: You got excited about it.
2: Something about the shore? Oh, uh, yeah. Beyond the sea.
1: Yeah.
0: Somewhere waiting me that one, all right. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think I was excited about this song specifically. Oh, I like the song.
0: There were a couple where you're like, Oh, I, was I like this like, song.
1: Oh, yeah, I liked uh, You're Always On My Mind. I got excited oh, yeah. about mm. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was just, I think I was getting excited in that scene because I was like, Oh, Ewan's gonna sing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, did the it live song. up to expectations? No. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I was expecting a big show. No, it's
0: Aww. a big show for you know. Okay, no, it wasn't for this it's kind of <laughs> for the movie for the, the movie.
1: The bar, Al's bar. Oh, it was Al's bar. Al's oh, no, no, Um.
0: Yeah, I do. I do like this scene. Though. It has like a nice, weird, surreal energy in the context of the film. I mean, a lot. There's a lot of surreal stuff in this movie, but this is a bit of surrealness that I kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I just like a musical number to come into a film for no real reason. <laughs> I like it when it's not Fair a musical enough. and for some reason one scene is a musical it's
1: kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I like that the guy had his human that barks oh, yeah, yeah what the fuck was, was that adorable. about <laughs> well that he was the, that's the guy that he's he's like oh I said bark one if they're good bark twice if they're bad and yeah. human laughs and it's like you were talking to your tongue he's like what do you think I'm crazy <laughs> and then in the bar it's him and his the guy yeah. barking <laughs> <laughs> at Just the bark. show <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. A weird fucking movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 how do you pitch that what do you like imagine being in that meeting <laughs> It. but this is
0: what i mean i think this is the kind of movie that only happens when you've got john hodges and danny ball have proven twice in a row we can make m- lots of money yeah. in context to our budget you know and then la is like cool <laughs> both of you come over great because what la like is stuff where they don't have to think about it it's like here's the yeah. money you've proven you can do it just do it yeah. again right. but bigger an easy way and better and, 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 and with more <laughs> american actors and put a la in there and put a musical number and, um, and a man who barks so i feel they just had full f- i feel this film 100 percent they had full freedom just do whatever you want mm. that's how it feels because we get a surreal music number, we get some sex, I think.
1: Yeah, some
0: well, sex. We didn't see it. They just but then wake, they wake up, up and, and then she's underwear,
1: yeah. and he puts his pants on. Yeah,
0: and she's doing that thing that people like to do in movies, where if someone wakes up and someone else is sitting on the end of the bed looking at them. It's like, yeah. how many hours have you been <laughs> just watching <laughs> me on the edge of the bed? And she's like,
2: um, "You are great." Yeah,
1: yep. and then walks downstairs. Yeah.
0: Um, then Celine drains her own blood to send as a ransom device, and the two bond through their differences. That's what I have written down here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's Romantic. True, isn't it? <laughs> um,
0: all which culminates in the pair coming head to head with the angels in a ransom trade on a deserted road, which is what we were talking about earlier. The scam goes badly. Angels decide that love always stems from jeopardy, and Robert is dragged into the woods by Jackson to dig his own grave, which is one of the funniest bits in the film. I think it's just <laughs> him crying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah and then was like are you gonna kill me he's like yeah he's like well I don't see why I should dig well, my own brain. well why grave. do I to <laughs> dig <laughs> uh, Celine knocks O'Reilly out uh, and then Jackson and frees Robert a fight ensues with a seemingly demonic O'Reilly because she's just she's just fucking Terminator 2 and yeah. all over that car <laughs> yeah. uh, which results in a car crash pinning O'Reilly to a rock was it a rock? Yeah. Uh, which the two escape from mm-hmm. O'Reilly is left for dead despite a little finger twitch Mm. Having lost the ransom money and discovering her credit card has been cut off from her father, a furious Celine storms into a strip mall bank and holds it up alongside a panicking Robert. The two escape, kiss in the parking lot and then Robert sees a vision of Celine bleeding out in the back of their car before she's, he's shot in the leg by bank security. So this was a bit where I had some flashbacks when I first saw it because he's been having these dreams all the way through the mm. film. where he keeps talking about, oh, I had this dream again. I had this dream again. Yeah. But they don't really seem to mean much. They're just like kind yeah. of just surreal dreams to do with her and then he has this vision suddenly of her bleeding out in the backseat of the car which I guess in context is meant to be that's what would have happened if he hadn't stood in front of her and saved her
3: at Mm. that point
0: but in my head like I was like oh is there something else happening here have they actually been planning something with the dreams that he can see something that's going to happen and it's all actually going to end really tragically and sad and Mm. what he's seeing here is actually how the film's going to end and all this kind of surreal fun's going to actually turn quite serious and dark at the end yeah Which is not what happens. No, (laughs) sadly not. But was I missing something with all the dreams? Was there a bigger meaning with it all?
2: I felt the same way as you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The dreams before that
1: vision or whatever are pretty much just that weird yellow light that they're spinning in. And he keeps saying, You save me, you save my life and my dreams. Oh, okay. Uh, So it does culminate
0: then. Yeah. Because he saves her life there. Yeah, when he's telling her her about it. Okay. All right. Okay. So he is having a vision of the future, but that's the only time we see him have a vision of, like, actual like, vision. Yeah, ones. an actual vision. Yeah. Which is strange. I kind of felt like a few more of those maybe would have made more sense, considering yeah. they are putting him into that role as kind of someone who can. That's kind of his purpose, I guess, more. He has faith in it because he can see what might happen. And mm. um, anyway, uh, she takes him to see her dentist ex boyfriend in a very LA scene. Tucci. Uh, when Robert wakes up, he finds Celine begrudgingly taking sexy pictures with the dentist. A fight breaks out and they escape yet again. She becomes defensive over Robert's idea that the two of them would make a great couple, protesting, having something ruins everything. And despite clearly having feelings for each other, the pair go their separate ways. Mm. I do like that line, having something ruins everything.
2: Yeah, I think there were a couple of really good lines in that scene. And it felt the fight that the couple had felt quite real. Funny yeah. yet really real, and I quite like that.
0: Yeah, so, it was building in a real way of her being like, "If you want to get out, because you're thinking he would want to get out," and he was like, well, "If you were saying that you want me to get out," kind yeah. Of thing. And yeah, it was yeah. that realistic thing you get where you want all you want is the other one to say, "No, I want you to stay." Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But you're both too insecure Things to, seven, to and, and you're both needing the other person to reassure you rather yeah, than you reassure the other exactly. person.
2: And, and he says something like, "What does he say?" He, he says, "Oh, um, don't ask where I'm going," and she says, like oh, don't think that, I care. And
0: then he's like, that's the entire problem. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that was a nice little scene. Um, The worried angels come up with a new plan based upon a love affair that Jackson once had, and they send Selena a poem from Robert that Jackson once wrote for someone. And he never gave it to this person, is that right? I don't think so. This angel. So this was like on a previous job, Jackson had fallen in love, he was saying, with the person he was meant to be watching over or something like that.
3: Was
2: that right? I that wasn't wrong? quite sure, but I think
0: that's what's implied. What's implied yeah. yeah. Um. Celine rushes. Celine loves the poem. Uh. Rushes to find Robert, who is now working clean up at a local diner.
1: Al's bar.
0: That's my bar, thank you. And she <laughs> <laughs> reads him the poem that uh that she that thinks that he wrote for
1: thing.
3: her. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <on. El's> bar. <laughs>
0: um. I don't for a second believe that she loved this poem quite how she does she suddenly turns into this like little schoolgirl, mm. and it's like no 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 let me read you the poem that you wrote for me <laughs> and he keeps trying to interrupt and say i didn't re- write this and she's like no 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 Be quiet. i know you wrote it <laughs> but let me read it to you <laughs> and she's so just girly about it which isn't mm-hmm. her character at all no like she just melts completely um i don't know maybe that's just me and i'm
1: Maybe she just you. finally got broken through. You yeah, just say no one has ever written her a poem before. Mm.
0: That's true. I Maybe mean,
2: that's all it took.
0: That's true. Just the poem is all it took. It is that's not true, by the way, if you're listening out here and you're trying to <laughs> a girl. A poem is not all it takes, trust me.
2: Well, it was a very beautiful poem. Was you should have fallen no, not really. in love with the angel. Yeah. It should
0: have been a great plot Exactly. Mm. Have been, oh, that would have been a great plot twist. Yep. And then Robert's left with fucking psycho Holly <laughs> <going laughs> Crazy, down. sexual. Man, that would be an interesting <laughs>
1: relationship. She'd probably be a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so she's about to tell him that she loves him when he reveals that he did not write a poem. Embarrassed, she runs out while the angels begin to realize that they may have failed in their job. Um, so O'Reilly decides if they failed, then there's an alternative, which I think the insinuation is they're going to kidnap her, make lots of money, and then live a happy life with lots of money. Yep. Oh, no. after an inspiring speech from the diner's manager Al I presume yeah. that's Al probably. with the fantastic line she'll be going to some heaven for glamorous pussy and, <laughs> and you'll be cleaning the floor of a diner in Al. yep, that's an that inspiring quote if ever I heard one <laughs>
1: <And he's laughs> really just, like, just comes yeah, out of nowhere probably right. <laughs> <laughs> really just
0: fucking comes out of nowhere I was not expecting that line from him <laughs> um, Robert somehow track Celine down i don't really get how that happened
2: mm. well he saw her being kidnapped in the car didn't he yeah yeah so, and there was but bi- and the angels left their bikes oh behind, so did he I cycle off he... directly after yeah i don't
0: know well into a poker game
1: yeah
2: he, i don't know how he finds how them. he found them i did not even think about that it was
0: another place where for me it just felt like a whole scene had been cut but.
2: <laughs> well maybe that's the power of love Power
0: of love. Robert comes rushing out to <laughs> Celine, only to find her kidnapped by Jackson and O'Reilly. Tracking them down, uh, he declares his love for her during a fist fight with Jackson. Which again I think one of the most fun scenes in the film, like during just a big yeah, yeah ruckus. And he's just constantly trying to tell her how much he loves her. Um it seems all is gonna end well when Celine's butler turns up with her father and shoots the two angels in the head.
1: Where they die. <laughs> <laughs> Where they die. <laughs>
0: and things just keep getting weirder. Back at Gabriel's office, <laughs> he receives <laughs> word that his cherubs have been killed, and he doesn't have the authority to intervene and bring them back to heaven. Robert is about to get killed by Mister Neville and the butler. I keep calling him the butler. I don't know what he is. Yeah, he's, he's just like the PA to the father. I don't. Know. Is he just literally meant to be watching over the daughter? Is that his job? Because she seems to resent security. him a bit.
1: Do they have private security?
0: Yeah. Because she seems quite happy for him to die in this scene, whereas in the opening scene, I feel like he was her only friend. Because she's just shooting yeah. apples off his head.
1: Yeah, He's he stands there. He trusts her than... a lot.
0: Uh, but Gabriel makes a call to God who intervenes. Yep. That's lucky. <laughs> Celine breaks free. Like,
1: surely you can do something. <laughs> like sitting there, yeah, bargaining like, with... He literally has the conversation. like, Let's just re- have a conversation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what they're saying on the phone conversation is clearly God's just said to him, I can't do anything about this. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And Gabriel's like, Really? Like, these things are out of your control? And then there's kind of <laughs> like a pause. And he's like, Oh, thank you. As if God's like,
1: Oh, shit, I guess <sighs> I have to. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> I'll fucking get off my cell phone. Uh, and then Celine shoots through Robert, killing the butler or whatever he is, and leaving Robert unharmed, but with a glowing sort of light. light. Mm-hmm. And we get this weird CGI shot of the bullet going through him, through his heart, which is obviously going to be the metaphor for their love. Um, and then the film wraps up oh, actually okay we'll get to that in a second <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah we go fully into you know full yeah bring in the kind of two worlds of like the heist not heist the ransom story mm-hmm. the love story and then the angel story all kind of comes together in this uh, ethereal <laughs> stra- <laughs> it <laughs> is a strangely yeah. religious movie yeah like there's quite um, a lot of weird dialogue about about um destiny and things like that right. and fate yeah. and
1: yeah they mm. brought us together.
0: yeah um we, have we, you guys happy with this resolution you happy with what what is because it's like you're saying actually now I think about it the dreams and stuff yeah it does all build to this is this the logical conclusion i guess and yeah, it does have that line that she then quotes about you'll save me with like by piercing my heart but you think it's just going to be a romantic thing. And no, it's actually a bullet. Piercing <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Mm, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do definitely remember the first time I saw this film, like just everyone in the cinema, just suddenly looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, <"Whoa>, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? You on board though? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, with everything else that's
2: already happened in this exactly. movie, it's like, well,
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like, why would you not do that? Yeah. It's, so it's for a it. very
2: quirky, you know, off kitler.
0: it is is, that is true (laughs) as proven by the next two scenes um (laughs) so the film wraps up with a montage of previous scenes from the film that we just saw yep during a head-to-head dialogue between selene and gabrielle um not good no 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 robert Robert. sorry i've written gabrielle for some reason about what love really is as you and mcgregor pulls a goofiest face i've ever seen him <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's
0: just and he here. has
1: his hair slicked back here yeah, he does <laughs> what's that about yeah. i don't know
0: he becomes the hipster in his dream he,
1: yeah
0: and then he's and he's just like goofily just staring at her just like telling her basically how great love is and she's yeah. protesting it protesting it protesting it and then suddenly her last line is like yeah well i guess that makes two of us think because yeah. i feel the same way <laughs> Yeah,
2: um, that, that scene was very awkward to watch. Really awkward. Mm.
0: It was just so contrived, the dialogue in it. Yeah. And then having the montage of things we just seen, it's like, we just watched this yeah. movie.
2: <laughs> and then there was like, their the two heads in front of the green screen oh, yeah, over the bad. montage. It was like, oh, good. It looked really bad.
0: <laughs> um, and then they get up and they're spinning a knife on a table, uh, which has the end and the beginning written on it. And then the knife, confusingly, because for the film, it needs to say the end. Yeah. So this ending really sums up the movie to me. It's like, Kind of cool idea. I like the image of the knife on the table. I like them spinning it to see, well, what do they do next? Um, they've already got people waiting outside because they're about to get married. She's already mm-hmm. in her dress with the flowers and shit. So they clearly decide they're going to get married. So the knife needs to end on the beginning because it's the beginning of their life together. It's not the end. Like, but I, I like more the idea of them spinning it and deciding should we stay together or not? Or should mm-hmm. we like do this or not? Like a big decision. And then maybe like doing an exception and leaving it with the knife spinning and you don't know what she's going to end on. But it ends on the end. As they go out to get married, yeah, which is not a good visual metaphor mm. <laughs> for them trying to get married with a knife, literally then finishing on the end, but it's trying to say the end to us, I guess, as viewers, yeah. mm. or the end on their last life, maybe? I don't know. And then they get married, and then the credits start, the two angels are brought back to life by Gabriel, and then you get another shot of the knife, and it spins back to the beginning.
1: After the
2: little... Mm cartoon people yeah
0: and then we're treated to a stop-motion animation sequence (laughs) which which must
2: have cost them quite a lot of money yes well well some money (laughs) a weekend anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) which i yeah that now like as soon as that came on i was like fuck yeah i forgot there was one more treat this film (laughs) (laughs) which which was the thing people really talked about when it came out i was like what the fuck was with the animation sequence (laughs) which is of the two of them going back getting the bag of money that they had hidden I don't understand when they would have hidden this because I thought it was lost in the ransom hijack fuck up with the angels. And then the angels had it because then they're going to like take him to the woods. So I don't understand how they know where the money is. I think is. they
1: just left it in the truck. Cause it he was just takes, in the truck. He takes the truck after shooting their tires out. Yeah. So it's in there and then they jump out of the car while she's still on the hood Oh, of it so the why. one that crashed.
0: So why didn't they just go get it after they crashed the I don't know
1: He couldn't remember where it was. What is he What's wrong There's with There's that scene Yeah but I thought That was him <laughs> just faking it I thought that
0: was him, him Just trying to stall time To get out of the situation
1: Well but he's I don't know Maybe Because if it's in the back Of like the truck he's in going upstairs And, and the, back of like, the truck. Oh maybe it's under the bed And I genuinely thought that was him just Like, was trying just to like, find like a panicking Because she's still in the She's
2: In the boot Still tied up in yeah.
0: The, yeah This is all bullshit I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> But they
0: go In this animated scene They go get the money Take off to the desert Then into space then into heaven, <laughs> and finally, because where do you go after heaven? Scotland. <laughs> <And, laughs> buy a castle to live in. And throughout this whole animated scene, bizarrely, they're accompanied by a variety of animal mascots <laughs> that seem to have walked out of an Ice Age movie. <laughs> there's a rat, and then there's two different yeah. birds, all doing different comedy motifs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like, <laughs> during the production of this film... Daniel Wall and John Hodges just like, you know what would be really fucking great? Let's just, like stoned one night or something on <laughs> fucking heroin. Who knows? What it is. I'm like, let's have a stop motion. Like everyone likes Wallace and Gromit right now. Let's do let's stop motion do animation. That. And they gave it to a team and didn't tell them anything other than Euron McGregor and Cameron Diaz might be in this movie. So if you can make the characters look
1: sort of like them,
0: but not too much like them. In case there's a desert knows, and some money. We'll
1: make sure she's blonde. <laughs>
0: Go make it. That's what it felt like. Because it's like it just—it doesn't work in any regard. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Um. So that's the end of the film. <laughs> and then the Beck song comes back in, and I'm really happy. It cheers me up again. Any notes? Look for your things. I want some notes that we've if we haven't covered something?
2: Bilbo. Oh yeah. Bilbo. Bilbo. He's
0: weird in this movie. He does a lot of grimacing.
2: Yeah, and he's like putting on this weird, like, fake American-British accent. I couldn't quite tell if he was supposed to be American or yeah. supposed to be British. Or yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was a bit confused. But hey, Bilbo, so I'm <laughs> happy.
0: I couldn't tell. Um, anything else from you, Alison, that we haven't covered? Did you just draw a little pictures of how much you love Ian McGregor? Over yeah.
2: Now,
1: yeah, I just wrote his name plus Ally. And a heart, and then I drew a tree around it. And a little, a little knife a little that I used to carve
0: baby it. Cot and <laughs> <castle> in Scotland. <laughs> a little rat, little yes. rat mascot.
1: <laughs> yes. A little, a little, little rat. Nothing else. No, I mean I wrote. Cameron. You wrote so much.
0: I'm looking at your pages now. You wrote so many things.
1: I know, but we covered a lot of it, yeah. and a lot of minor quotes. And one of my bullets is just Al's bar. <laughs> that, point.
0: that was the highlight of the movie. <laughs> um, I did like that quote when uh they go into the bank and she says i'd like to make a withdrawal and he turns to her and said i thought we agreed no cliches <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. Oh. nope no nope. you're good I think we've covered everything. all right well then i guess guys it's just time to go around about do we recommend this movie give it a score out of 10 on a 20 point scale can you remember what you gave to train spotting you gave a nine, nine i think you left off with a seven, five? seven, seven or seven point five i think
1: train
0: we don't have Naysay Tamra here who gave Transponding a pretty a low.
1: six or six five, I think. Yeah. Something
0: like that. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Tanro. We But he liked 2 more than Transponding. Yeah. Do you know what? We haven't got this yet because we've, we've actually just seen Transponding 2, uh, but we're recording that podcast later in time for, well, all this podcast is for the lead up to the US release of Transponding 2 in March. Um, and... Yeah, we just had all the critics. I just when like, like Tom was talking to me about it last night, all the critics love transporting 2 so much. So it was weird to see it without reading any reviews, so you weren't, I wasn't, like, encumbered Thinking with... Thinking about... Oh, maybe my opinion's right or wrong or mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, A life Less Ordinary. Who should we start with? Alison, <laughs> how do you rate it? I want to hear on your, on your film scale, but then on your Ewan McGregor scale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so scoring movies like this are always very difficult because it's not a great movie that had a huge impact on film Mm. history or technology or anything like that Mm -hmm. that's fine i'm like just a word from you from your personal yeah but it's super entertaining so if someone were like yes i would recommend it because it's ridiculous and it makes you laugh and I didn't feel it was slow at any point Mm -hmm. like a bunch of weird shit happens and just keeps happening but it's still moving so i never Hmm. felt like it was lagging Mm -hmm. but then scoring it while we're (laughs) also scoring movies like train spotting it's weird to score them side by side because i think they could both be 7.5 for me but for different reasons yeah but that's fine
0: and i think that's the important thing when scoring a film is like you got to score it as well as you feel it's achieving what it's trying to achieve and you can never yeah. really know exactly what it's trying to achieve yeah but going on what i think we're all agreeing on like their clear statement of look this is trash but fun
1: but trash. yeah i like, like that they acknowledged it
0: did they succeed in that for you then yeah so you think this kind of does what it's trying to do as well as train spotting does what it's trying to do it's just less dignified yeah whatever.
1: it's just a completely different path
0: okay so you're gonna get like the same sort of score of then, or? yeah 7.5 Seven. 7. 5 from Allison, mm. as we were watching I this think. film in my head i just kept thinking like, i don't know why in my head i was like this is more because we i've shown you a lot of films yeah. i make you watch a lot of movies and you're always very nice about them <laughs> but this is the film when i was watching it i was like this is a film Allison enjoys <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird and funny and zany and romantic and <laughs> like, stupid and yeah and stupid yeah, yeah. that's the real thing haruka <laughs> 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 how do you feel Ooh. the second viewing of a life left ordinary
2: then you know, when I was watching it, I was going to give it a five, Ooh. but now that we we've talked about it a bit more, <laughs> I think my appreciation for the film have risen a bit more. So I think Very I'll nice. give it a six. A six. But that's like one point for Bilbo and two for the soundtrack. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the soundtrack is good.
0: Yeah, the soundtrack's great, but this isn't so. Like this, it's just not so much to your personal tastes.
2: Yeah, it's just a personal. Yeah, um, yeah. So you're
0: saying like, if you want something entertaining, you'd recommend
2: yeah, it. Yeah, de- definitely recommend it. But for you personally, but yeah, it's, it's not... not my one of my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Films,
0: yeah, Would you watch it again? Do you think ever in your life?
2: Um, you know, if it was like in an event, like if it was like secret cinema or something, then maybe because oh, okay. I think it will be one. Can of Guarantee those... that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's one of those films that's enjoyable if you're in the right company yeah um so yeah
0: yeah there's a kind of movie where i can imagine there must be a cinema somewhere or a group of people somewhere who like they love It's like a cult thing i mean, yeah. it's so bad it's really good kind yeah of thing and they love watching it and just having fun with it in that context for sure yeah i exactly. could really imagine enjoying this movie. um yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is a really hard movie to score for yeah sure. i enjoyed it yeah, I was kinda like you. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. Like I don't like Cameron Diaz normally anyway. Yeah, no. I didn't she's like not her good. in this role. I yeah, didn't find no. the chemistry really that believable. No, not at all. I like Ewan McGregor a lot though, and I felt he did a great job throughout this movie. Yeah. Um I thought the script was actually pretty good. I don't think the story's any good. I think the story's <laughs> fucking trash. And the ideas that they're doing with the angels, I just don't understand. Like yeah, for me this could have, have been just a sense. great ransom like story, love story with some surreal moments and music numbers. I would have liked it a lot more without any of the angel stuff, to be honest. Yeah. And that's not a thing against the religious aspects of it. They just don't really deal with it in an interesting way.
1: Yeah. Or um, make it clear.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and it just doesn't
0: make any sense. And it's a kind of goofy humor in those bits that I don't like. Some of the surreal humor I'm kind of into, but yeah. that goofy humor I don't like. I love the soundtrack. Visually, because we have really talked about that in this one, but visually, it does a lot of Danny Boyle's regular staples. You've got those like he loves those low sweeps coming into the characters when they're about to say something or make out or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, But it's not really doing anything new. I don't think he does anything in this that he didn't do better visually in *Train Spotting* in terms of how creative he's being. Mm -hmm. Other than we didn't get stop motion animation. (laughs) 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 Um, I do like the setting quite a lot. I just like films in deserts. They're kind of fun. I get confused at the end because he breaks into their place in this big industrial building that looks like it's in the outskirts of a city where she's being held hostage by the two angels Mm. and then the next scene her father's taken over that place or whatever and then they're in the desert again i was really confused they're in that hut by the woods suddenly again because she's in the car outside in the woods yeah Mm -hmm. i didn't understand it was again a scene felt like it been when
1: he's looking for the money yeah
2: yeah
0: it jumped around massively
1: yeah
2: i um, don't think they're trying they were trying to be to make right. <laughs> yeah it just
0: <laughs> if it was a complete mess and i do have to like knock some marks off for it in terms of i don't think the editing was that great i don't think sequentially it's that interesting no. it just has these little bits that i do enjoy there's some good lines of dialogue there's some great music the things like the musical numbers kind of fun and it's certainly not it's not boring no and it's not something it's not a horrible film it's just kind of a dumb fun yeah. film which clearly does have some smart, creative minds behind it. They're just not really trying very yeah. hard. Because um, there's some natural talent somewhere like underneath it, I think. But it's like. Oh, so I don't know. I'll probably go the same as you. I'm trying to remember what I gave Charlotte Grave. I don't remember. I think I gave that a 7.5. Sounds about
2: right.
0: Because I know I gave Train Spotting a 9, like you. I'd have to give this, yeah, a 6. I think. I think a 6. Maximum is six point yeah. five if I was in a really favourable mood. Yeah. And that's mostly for the soundtrack, which I think's fucking great. I actually think it's, <laughs> pu- it's probably my favourite soundtrack of his so far, actually personally. Mm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's episode three. Next uh on our next episode these go up every single Wednesday and every single Saturday. Uh our next Thursday. episode we will be dealing Huh? no is it Wednesday and Saturday? Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah,
2: I think it was it might have been Thursday. Oh was it Thursday? I think.
0: Hang on. I've got a schedule written down over here. One second.
2: I think it was it's the day that Saturday. started with tea. Yeah. yeah, it's Wednesday. Oh, so.
0: oh.
2: never, mind.
1: Um, I might never have, mind. Maybe I said it
0: wrong on the last podcast. <laughs> but this will be every Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll be dealing with the beach. As Danny Ball continues with his Hollywoodization, I guess potentially more successfully we'll see um you can subscribe to our podcast it would be helpful and kind of you thank you uh just type in we are geeks on itunes we are geeks and we'll pop right up you'll also get our weekly show that goes up every tuesday where we cover topical news about games about movies reviews um whatever happened at the box office and stuff like that and then we have a horror franchise specials which are going up every single friday and monday so that's five podcasts a week at the moment. Lucky people. <laughs> uh, we're currently just finishing up on Friday thirteenth, but depending on when you listen to this in the future, who knows? Yep. We did a nightmare on Elm Street. That's going to be going up straight up afterwards, and then Halloween. So we're probably in the middle of one of those sagas. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Yep. Uh, you can follow me on all social medias, Mister White. You can follow Alison Holland on Instagram.
1: Yes. As.
0: As. Ali Sue.
1: Very good. Uh, two L's <laughs> and
0: S U E. And you can follow Haruka on Twitter or Instagram simply at.
2: No oh, different. Don't she
0: bother. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. Bother. <laughs> don't bother. You don't need, you don't want any. <laughs> I can't
2: remember. Um, you really? I think it was Haruka. We did this Haruka every Bay and Oh, there you go. Uh, you. What? Haruka Abe
0: right? on a, I think yeah. Haruka.abe on Twitter. Yeah. H A R U K A A B E. And then on Instagram as well.
2: Is Ruka Haruka. Yeah. Oh, but I UK. think if you, if you yeah. just search for Haruka, it will come up.
0: You got some cool pictures on Instagram. I like them. Thank you. You do, nice <laughs> you do the only selfies pretty much in the world that I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> that was a broad statement that to go out on. And we're leaving. All right. <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week with the beach. And we're out. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye-bye.